Welcome to the 246th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. We are playing it. We'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on August 18th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who hates randomness, Carlos Rodella. I do. I'm a big, big enemy of entropy. I hate it. I hate randomness. I hate chaos. I just don't like it is all. Man, so like when you do those RPG games that you like so much with all the power curve and the melee combat, you don't like the ones that have the dice rolls then, eh? You know, I don't really like too much randomness in my RPGs. I like a, a good, like, open world that's designed. Right. You know? Because right. there's a lot of procedural generation that happens. And at times, if you're playing a roguelike, if you're playing something where you're playing it a lot, you do want that, or it will just get stale. But I'm not that guy. I generally like uh, an open world that was planned in some way, and that forest is there for a reason, and the dragon's behind that waterfall, which is a thing, I guess. Uh but yeah, I, I just, I hate it so much. We were talking before the podcast about chaos and entropy. Entropy, by the way, fun fact, quick tangent. Fun fact about entropy. Yeah. So I hate it. It basically means that chaos will continually rise and go, go up. There will be always more chaos. It generally tends to, they say tends to, increase. So chaos increases, that's what entropy is. And why does that happen? No one knows. It's like a universal secret. But here's the thing. A quantum computer at Google just created the first time crystal. It sounds fancy, but what it means is it created a particle that needs no energy to do anything, which basically means it's anti-entropy. I heard about this, and I, I didn't, uh, full disclosure, I didn't understand the entire article. Some of it was pretty tech techie focused, and I'm not a scientist or anything. But I did see this thing about the time crystals, like it's some breakthrough so i guess i'm glad that some people at google are doing good and i don't really know what this means for humanity but i mean that they've invented something like this that requires no energy allegedly is is pretty impressive yeah it's like a free energy particle which shouldn't exist and shouldn't be possible and there's so many implications but yes we'll get to that in another podcast called quantum with carlos <laughs> it's gonna be a, and brad it's gonna be a while on that one i need to bone up a little bit we probably need to do research for that one well, just so you know, I have this on my bio, on my website. Uh, I am kind of a quantum physicist. <laughs> oh, man. Layers upon layers. There's all this depth to you that I never knew existed, Carlos. I'm, I'm not even joking. I've been studying it for about 10 years now. Oh, my god! And, like, you know, as a layman or whatever, I read books. But I really have a good grasp on it, and it's so fascinating because it is every particle in this world and in you is limited or unlimited potential it's just like the probability clouds you know and that's we, what they told me in kindergarten and i'm just not sure that's true anymore i don't know i at feel some like my potential is not unlimited anymore. yeah the potential gets limited because it's like real life and macroscopic life happens but anyways i'd love to talk about another show let's talk about video games instead let's talk about video games we have a full show today but as always before we get to the games carlos and i share a living arrangement it's a giant house big house split exactly down the middle with a strip of duct tape on my side this week literally nothing on your side carlos i bet you got what? a couple things what do you got for housekeeping sir? how is that possible that's so crazy i guess maybe because i'm like always well, we're both on twitter all the time yeah i don't, I don't know, know. I, I make notes or something abandoned uh do you hear about this thing abandoned with kojima the whole abandoned app 
fiasco weird thing? I have literally no idea what you're talking about. So there's a an abandoned a game called Abandon. Yeah. Okay. Well, supposedly a future game. It was an app, and it was going to show off um, a new unfinished game and all this new technology. Oh, okay, okay. I right? heard about some streamer who fucking stayed up for like three days waiting because he was waiting for this app to drop, but I had no idea what it was about. I just heard like some lunatic was like, oh, it's supposed to come out on Tuesday. I'm streaming it for a reaction. Oh, it's delayed until Wednesday and Thursday. So he like he stayed awake the entire three days and then when it dropped i guess he it wasn't impressive so he got all mad and stuff so that's that's all i know this one streamer was a lunatic yeah Continue. nice well it, it's not kojima people were just speculating like it's silent hills come back or what is this creepy thing okay so they're just guessing all right it was guessing and then when the actual app went live it showed this unfinished game and all it was was a guy walking and that's it like it ended in like <laughs> 13 seconds or something oh my god um okay. And it, I don't know if it's updated since then. They might have actually added. He might have. Added, they might have added more to the app. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what it was. But it was almost like they got trolled. People got trolled or something. Do you? Who was the developers whose brilliant idea this was? Do you know? Right. Yeah. Now I'm looking it up again. So it's not obviously it wasn't Kojima because people were speculating it was a new Silent Hill game. Blue Box Game Studios. I'm not familiar with them. Do what? Is do it? they? What do they make? Do you know? Uh, no, you could look it up on your end while I read I'm, this other part. <laughs> you keep talking, I'm going to look Blue it up. Blue Box Game Studios is looking to put the minds of gamers at ease by offering up a free copy of the studio's upcoming PlayStation 5 game, Abandon, to those who purchased an unfinished early access version of the studio's previous game, Ah, The Haunting, Bloodwater Curse. Never heard of I it. I don't know that I've even heard of that game. But people were really excited for some reason. Like maybe it was because they were speculating it was... Kojima or something. Was it just like some influencer got the wild idea that this was a Kojima game? And is that what sparked off all the excitement? Because this seems I totally random. It does. And I guess my favorite part about just bringing it up was that people were really excited about this this thing that said they were going to show a real-time experience in on the PS5. And it was just a guy walking for like half a second. I mean, okay. There's lots of walking on the PS5. I mean, I'm looking at the their Twitter right now. And their pinned tweet is, we wanted to set things straight. We have no relation with Konami. Silent Hill is owned by Konami. We have no relation with Kojima. It was never our intention to tease the name of Silent Hill, and we sincerely apologize. Oh, they must have teased the name somehow. I I don't know how it kicked off, but clearly somebody felt the need to apologize. Oh, I'm looking at the guy walking. I'm glad. (laughs) You can see it. It's all done. It's It's like three seconds. I'm so glad I did not live stream myself for 72 hours to wait for this. Oh, man. Someone did that. Wow. Okay. Well, anyways, that was just interesting. I don't really have a comment on it, but it was just something I noticed. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, another big story. And you know me. I'm a lover of the cyberpunk. I know it for sure. And in fact, I I was going to mention that there was a new patch today, but I'm like, you know what? That's stupid. I'm not even going to bring it up because Carlos already knows. It would be pointless for me to bring it up. Carlos has already downloaded and already played the game and experienced all the things, almost all the things. Yeah, not a surprise. So it's uh, patch 1.3. It is out uh, the day before the um, developers, some of them, the community managers and some of the people on the team uh, did a live stream. And some people on the Internet, of course, they're never happy with anything. were saying it was the worst live stream. They didn't tell us anything. Fuck them. And again, shut the fuck up. They were trying. So, no, the, the worst live stream is live streaming for three days to see three seconds of right, walking. That's right. the worst live stream. That would be worse, yeah. 
Or like the Cyberpunk, you know, team was like, okay, here we go. We're going to show you all this stuff in the patch. And then they go on for like five minutes, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, they tried. They, they showed some fun stuff with the mini, mini, mini DLCs that they added. Um, what is a mini, mini, mini DLC? So the mini, mini DLCs, which I've already done all of them, which are um, essentially the there's some new th- clothes that someone gives you in a text message like hey you can get these new clothes <laughs> don't care and then there's a new car all right uh which you have to wait for a text message for and then there's um well, one other small thing and the cat you, you you can actually have a cat in that game and the cat does more things now so okay I guess that's kind of a dlc <laughs> so not really any real dlc but they just gave a couple little things like that sure, um sure. they did fix some stuff i mean they fixed a ton of stuff including this one uh side quest i've been trying to finish with this uh, vending machine feels like it finished finally for me um the mini map mini map is fixed which is the biggest fix really because as you traverse the city it actually zooms out and it used to not do that and it's like really really important that it does that sure i love mini maps so a lot of people that are going to say blah, blah about this is that the modders have already done a lot of these things. But again, people who play on the consoles, they don't have that option, you know. So right, right, right. it made it available to everybody else and a bunch of other little things with quests and stuff they fixed. They included like a new way to see Johnny Silverhand, like a different like look for him, which is weird. Um, but I'm again, I'm done with the game, so that's not really affecting me. Right. Uh, yeah, in general, it's just, it's not huge. It's a huge file. It was like a 40 gigabyte update. What? All yeah. of that? I mean, there must have been like a million under the hood fixes, right? There's a lot under the hoods. Yeah. There's also like just like uh, streaming of the game world, right? Like there's a lot of buildings that you just disappear and now like they maybe they don't. Uh, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. They didn't really do a lot of the things that people wanted, like AI and, you know, sure. things that, that sure. take longer. But I can't fault them for it. I, I like all of it. I just... I do wish they would have like maybe thrown one true DLC in there because it's been like eight months. So it would have been nice to have like something for me to do in that world because I'm done now. Right. You know? Right. The only I, thing that I heard about this, somebody, I think it was uh, for one of the game journalists that I follow, uh, one of the actual journalists, uh, because I am not a journalist, but people who like write articles and stuff, uh, they were saying that the the biggest fix in this patch was a side quest where you go to like a brothel or something and you can pick either to have sex with like a male or a female person. And the problem was that I guess there was some kind of glitch or hiccup so that like a lot of male players were accidentally choosing the male uh, person. And I guess that was was really pissing off a lot of insecure people. So I guess that was a high priority fix to make sure that people weren't, um, you know, getting very uncomfortable in that situation, I guess. But that was the biggest thing I heard. A lot of people made fun of the fact that they even made that like a big announcement because it's, it's such a small quest okay. and it's such a small thing. So I think predominantly most of the internet people, as well as just like people playing the game are like, why is that one of the f- things you're talking about? You know, like there's AI issues with like cops and like real issues. Right, so right. I think it's, it's kind of silly because yeah, it, they, people are not seeing the character. They, they said their names, angel and sky, which I guess are kind of both effeminate names. So that like, or they can be, and so like people didn't know which one they were picking, so they kept the the the, the pictures of them up longer. But that's not a fuck. I mean, come on. I just I, I just think it's funny that enough people were so upset that they may have chosen the male 
I know. person that Get it was like yourself. that, that, that it had to be like a high priority fix. That's kind of funny. To me. It, it, it doesn't have to be. Anyways, the other thing that was uh, kind of important or kind of helpful is they allow you to just respec all your stats right from your menu. So oh, you can just like, kind of like okay. respec immediately, just pay some money and go bing and you do it. Cool. So that's kind of nice. Uh, but yeah, in general, there's like a list that's really super long. A lot of stuff that we won't see that's kind of under the hood, like you said. I'm just happy they did it. I'm happy it's out. Again, I left the game after I, you know, cleaned up some uh, uh, old um, missions that I couldn't finish. And now I'm not going to go back because there's really no reason to go back. Right, right, right. They could have well, just yeah. one DLC. I'm sure there's tons of stuff coming. You know, give it another year. There'll be like some actual DLC expansions and who knows what. I, I, you know, this is their big cash cow for the next couple of years at least. So I'm sure that they will eventually get it to a place you know, probably kind of in the same sort of basket as The Witcher, right? Where, like, The Witcher was great, huge adventure, but then they added DLC that was also amazing. I'm sure all that stuff is coming. Yeah, yeah. I have no um, worry at all for that. Yeah. Uh, last piece of my housekeeping is 12 Minutes comes out tomorrow. Oh, I thought uh, that was today. Was it tomorrow? Okay. I think it's tomorrow. At the time of this recording, today is the 18th. I believe it comes out on the 19th. Okay, I got my dates wrong. I'm sorry. So... I bring it up because I saw a tweet, and I generally like, just like good movies or movies I'm really excited about, and games too, I just don't look at reviews. Right. And I'm always I'm always blown away. I go to my YouTube homepage, and it's like, the game comes out tomorrow, and there's like 15 you know YouTube reviews. And I'm like, fuck you, I'm not going to watch that. I want to experience the game for myself. Uh, I get it. Some people like, you know, and even me included, have limited funds, but I, some of them, you just know what you're going to get. That said... I was it's on trying, Game Pass too, isn't it? It's on Game Pass too, so it doesn't really doesn't really matter, you know, right, for right. people on there. But I, I I was not trying to look at anything, and I was scrolling through Twitter, unfortunately, and I saw someone I forgot who it was say, "Oh, I guess they wrote it for Pace Magazine." So who really? Oh, that was, was probably me that retweeted that. Sorry, dude. <laughs> nice, dude. Nice, bro. <laughs> you fucked me. Anyways, the person said wrote about why Twelve Minutes game is not good. Yeah, it's like in one was, sentence. That was Garrett Martin. Yeah, he's a great Fucking writer. Spoiler uh, guy that writes for Pace. I've known him for a million years. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good writer, and I I always respect anything that Garrett has to say. So I was very curious. I'm you know I'm definitely looking forward to Twelve Minutes. Super intrigued by that trailer. Had no idea it was coming out so soon. And yeah, but, I mean the first review I saw was from Garrett, who is a guy that I listened to, and he's like, oh yeah, this is not good. So. Okay, but then also his other headline was 12 minutes is the perfect example of how not to do a repetition in a video game. I'm like, how many more outs can I be? Those are two declarative statements on why it's bad, too. I'm like, I just read the whole review and I didn't even mean to. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Fuck. I'm gonna, I mean, it's on Game Pass, so I'll just play it. But it hurts nothing to download it, give it a try, and maybe you'll disagree. I just thought I'd bring that up because I was like, a lot of people are one of their most anticipated little indie games, so... Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised. Uh, but, you know, like I said, Garrett's somebody that I listen to. Uh, I maybe don't agree with him all the time, but he's definitely got uh, an opinion that I think is worth hearing. And if that was his take, then I am I am very curious to see what inspired him to say that. Well, I will game pass it and we'll talk about it on the show. There you go. There That's you go. That's it. Clean this house. All right. I don't. I feel bad that I didn't have anything for uh, for housekeeping. I feel kind of obligated to throw something in there. I, I will... think you're going to have to start picking up is what I'm saying. I guess, I guess. Leave a sandwich on the floor, okay? Don't just clean the dishes when they're dirty. You know I, will, what I'm I will say this. I will say this. I got There's a couple <laughs> things off the top of my head. Number one, okay. um, Shang-Chi is out, the new Marvel movie. Uh, I'm very sad. Oh, it's out it's in the out. theater? Yeah, it's in theaters, and I'm very sad that it is not available for download. I know that... Um, you know, it's under the Disney umbrella and like the last five or six movies they've put out 
have been simultaneously uh, theater and Disney Plus Premium, which yeah. means, number one, you have to subscribe to Disney Plus, And after that, you still have to pay an extra probably 30 bucks to, like, rent it. So I was already, I was like, yes, I will pay 30 bucks. And some people freak out when you say that. But, like, honestly, we're a family of three currently. And when we go to the theater, so it's, like, tickets times three. And if you're not going on a matinee, then who knows how long those tickets are. Plus, everybody's got to get popcorn. Plus, if you're going to get popcorn, you got to get a soda. Plus, my kid's going to want to play some arcade games in the lobby while we're waiting. Plus, the wife's probably going to want some candy. You know, and then are we going to eat dinner before? Are we going to eat dinner afterwards? I mean, by the time that you've all, by the time that you've like had a night, it's like, you know, it's a lot of fucking money, dude. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a lot of money. So in comparison to that, paying 30 bucks to stay at home and eat your own popcorn and eat your own food is a bargain, dude. So like, that's the perspective which I see it. And I'm like, I'm happy to pay 30 bucks because I know for a fact I would have been paying a lot more than that if I'd gone out. So anyway, it's kind of a moot point because they're not doing it. I think probably because of the thing that happened with Black Widow. I'm oh, sure, uh, really? You know, it's because of Scarlett Johansson? I, I don't know that it's because of that. I mean, and this is a long story. We're not going to get into the whole thing. But, I mean, basically, Disney got sued for breach of contract because them putting a movie on Disney Plus was not part of the compensation package for people who were involved in that. I'm not a contract lawyer, but whatever. But I think I think because of that happening, that probably stopped them from putting it on Disney Plus now. So it's only in the theaters, which I'm super bummed about because I was super excited for this. Um, you know, I like the main uh, actor. I think his name is uh, Simu Liu. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I hope so. Uh, no disrespect intended there. Watched him on Kim's Convenience. Big fan of that guy. like him a lot. I want to come out and support uh, Marvel movies, which have non-white people in a leading role. I'm all down for that. So I wish I would I could throw them some money. But, you know, I'm not going to because I'm not going to go to the theater right now. I'm just not doing that. So I hope yeah. that Disney will take that into consideration and not say this movie was a failure because people didn't go to the theater. I mean, COVID, right? We've all been living with COVID for like almost two fucking years now. I hope they will say this is a success considering that we did not do it on download and it's only theater. We're going to quickly move it to download. Those sales are going to be strong. So I hope it doesn't impact the film. I really want it to do well. People who I've talked to have seen it say it's fucking great. Like it's one of their favorite Disney movies so far, or Marvel movies so far, excuse me. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, I just wish I could support it and I'm really bummed that I cannot download it right now. Yeah, especially because, like you said, there's just so many that are already, you know, going both. You could do both, and it's yeah, a cam- that, modern that, life, that, dude. Modern life. Yeah, I just don't know about that whole legal thing. It just makes me frustrated. So, well, anyways. Anyway, all right. So there you go. I there cleaned up. There's something. something. There we all go. Right. All right, clean. Cool. All right, folks. The house is clean. We are now moving on to the main portion of the show. Got quite a few things to talk about here. This will be an interesting. Interesting chat today. Let's kick it off, Carlos, uh, with you and a little game called Islanders. This is one of the ones that was featured on the Nintendo Indie Showcase recently. Indie Showcase? What is it called? Indie Fest? Yeah, let's just call it that. Showcase. Yeah, the Nintendo Indie Showcase. The most recent one uh, where they showed a bunch of games that all look great and like a bunch of them like dropped that day. Uh, so Islanders is a, I guess, a I don't know, isometric kind of puzzle game. Uh, I played it. You played it. I will let you take the lead on this one. Why don't you explain to the listeners at home uh, what is Islanders? Oh, no. I'm taking the lead. Whew. Okay. Um, <laughs> because there's not really much to explain. I'm a little confused by this game. So I guess it's, yeah, it, 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 it trailered well. Is that a verb? It lo- yeah, I think it is. I think you just made it one. I'm going to use it. Yeah, so it trailered well, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, a little simulation on islands. It seems like it could be relaxing. Uh, seeing in the showcase, I was like, yum, yummy, yummy. I want that in my tummy. Um, <laughs> and then I ate the game, and I have digestion uh, issues. But 
No, it, it, it's like when you start the game, you have, I don't even know if it gave me two options, but it went right into the proper game mode, which is kind of a score-based game. And it doesn't really tell you anything. Talk about tutorial. Yeah, there's like, there's like zero tutorial. Zero tutorial. There's little boxes that pop up when you start doing things, but it's only because you started doing things. Uh, it does tell you how to control the camera, and you got that action going on, and you can you know cir- go around the circle and see the island and zoom in on the island or whatever. There's, you basically start with like um, uh, what's it called? Procedurally generated island, yeah, and some like little islands around it, and so it's got like forest on it and fields and like sand. And so different things for different kind of things you would build on it. And then they start giving you options of things to buy and place on the island. And it just basically comes up with like two choices always. So you hit the button to put something down. And I don't even know what any of this shit does because there's no tutorial. So you just kind of like feel it out by playing it. And then so one of the first thing is like, you know, put a lumber mill down. So I put a lumber mill down and where you place it on the ground gives it a different score. And again, the main game is that you want to get a good score, which yes. is very weird for this game, I think. I think it's a really interesting... I, I agree. I was not anticipating that. Yeah, juxtaposition of score-based arcade thing with uh, with a simulation. So immediately, it's not relaxing, because I'm like, shit, I better get this right. Would have made it worse if it was a timer. But um, so you place these things down, and yeah, the different places on the land give it different score, and then when you put other things next to other things, they give it like a plus or minus. Um, and so you're basically trying to get as much score as you can get. The problem is, as you're building these islands, it can look like shit <laughs> because you're looking for the score, bro. And I'm like, oh, this mansion's going to sit right next to this little teeny house and next to the fucking city center? Sweet. Let's do it because I'm going to get 15 points. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a weird game. By the way, before I let you go into your rant, uh, the right analog stick doesn't do the camera? Fuck you. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, that's a Every choice. time I hit the right analog stick, instead it, like, moves one of the objects around. And I, you've got to use the trigger buttons. It's weird because I don't know what's going on um, since you mentioned this. I think, like, in the last maybe, like, week and a half or two weeks, I think I've played at least, like, three or four or five games where they map some other kind of movement to the right stick and the camera is like mapped to the shoulder buttons. What are they doing? And I'm doing? like, why would you do that? Like the industry has trained us for like years that the camera is on the right stick. That's where it goes. Please yeah. don't move that. You don't need to move that. That's anyway, it's weird. It's I, like I, taking I a car and being like, you know what? We're going to put the gas on the other side. Just for funsies. Just because for funsies. we can. Yeah. Accidents all over the place. <laughs> so I'm kind of with you on this one. I When I saw the trailer... I thought, oh, cool, like a little like mini Sim City. Like you get a teeny tiny little island and you're putting teeny tiny little houses. That looks pretty relaxing and fun. I could maybe go for that on the Switch. That looks fun. But yeah, like it's actually kind of a score-based puzzle game, which I did not expect. And the tutorials are not great. They kind of throw you into it, like you said. And uh, I just, once I, so you start with this island and then they're like uh, lumber mill or fishing town. And I'm like, I don't know what, I'll pick fishing and, you know, you just you plop it down somewhere and then this little window pops up and it's like, oh, it's plus one if you're near a lake and plus three if you're near a cliff and plus three if you're near another fishing net and plus four if you're near a rock. And I'm like, what? That's like too many things to keep track of. Like, I, what is going on? So, like, I end up just kind of moving my little house around before I set it down to kind of 
see in real time the score change because the game will tell you what your score is before you put it down. Right. So like I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my little fishing village on the edge of the beach because that seems to me to make sense because you're going to want to fish because it's water. And it's like one point. And then I move it to like the middle of the land and it's like seven points. And I'm like, what? Why? Is, <laughs> what's going on? And I try to, you know, I move it around. And, you know, as a gamer, you want to get the most points. We're just instinctually bred to do that. And like you said, like you end up with these weird towns that look janky and it, it, it became really quickly not about building a town, not about my island, but just about moving these pieces around in whatever haphazard fashion to just see that number go up. And whenever the number got as big as it was going to get, plop something down there. So it didn't feel very intuitive. It didn't feel artistic or like I was crafting my island. You know, it was just about like move this cursor around to get a high score. Which totally like sucked the fun out of it for me. Like I, yeah. I, it did not feel the way that I thought it would feel from watching the trailer. So I guess part of that is on me. And again, like we always say on the show, expectations. Um, but I, you know, I, I did maybe two or three runs. If you get a good score, you get to move on to the next island. So I guess ultimately you want to get a max score for each island to be able to open up the next island. But if you lose you just go back to the beginning so i guess it's kind of a roguelike in that sense but yeah you just get game over yeah it's you just done. get game over and just go back and do it again and i'm like i mean okay but i did two three runs and i'm like i'm good like this is not super fun it's not super relaxing i'm not enjoying chasing the score and i i i this is not what i look for in a roguelike i guess so i did not stick with it probably not even an hour it just it just lost me pretty quickly yeah it was about an hour and um what's interesting is that you know, when you're talking about like the placement of objects, one time there was like this shaman you have to put down, like a little shaman hut. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, like switching up a little bit, like more about the people in the town, which is what I, again, marketing, I thought that's what this is going to be, like a Sim City. Yeah. But um, I thought it was really cool because normally all the points were like in these really weird places for the shaman to live. And I was like, fuck, even the shaman has to live in like a crappy location. But then I found a little mountaintop. By these trees and it looked like where a shaman should live and sure. it said like 25 points and that's like yes go. there you go now if the game was more like that you know like that makes sense in this world like you know you you put him in a little recluse area and he wants to be up there so anyways that that was kind of interesting all the other thing is none of the people come out of their houses it's not like a sim thing you know yeah it's just just buildings there's no just people buildings. there's no like island life or anything like that so so that bothered no and th- there is a sandbox mode too that but i as soon as i started playing with that i was like this has no purpose because yeah. literally just in case if the people aren't going to come out and not going to see my little town that i built then i'm just placing things on objects yeah and it wasn't even satisfying from like a puzzle aspect either like i just I just felt like I was randomly placing things. It did not feel intentional. It didn't feel like it, it, it wasn't like I was looking at the island and in my brain, I was like, aha, this has got to be the best placement. You right. know, whenever I tried that, it was always like one or two points. And then I would just like randomly move it over three pixels and it'd be like nine points. And it just it just did not feel satisfying. Didn't feel intentional. And just 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 not for me. Not for I, me. We built a lot of really janky looking island towns yeah. to tell you that much. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that is Islanders. Uh, I'm done with it. I'm probably not going to come back to it. It seems like you're done with it, too. I guess I am. All right. Let's talk about this next one. Uh, I'm very curious about this one. I believe it's only available on PC. It's called Golf Wasteland. Is that correct? Yes. I feel like I'm getting the title wrong. Is that the, You're is that getting the, it wrong. It's Golf Club Wasteland. Golf Club Wasteland. Thank you. So I don't know anything about this other than the fact that it showed the trailer showed a little guy in what looked like a post-apocalyptic landscape 
doing golf in a ruined, like on top of a ruined motel and like shooting his ball through like an abandoned shopping mall and just all this weird stuff that you don't normally see in a golf game. And that just seemed really, really intriguing to me. So please, Carlos, tell me about Golf Club Wasteland. Yeah, it's so cool because it's really based on a lot of like real life stuff and kind of our moment that we're in at times with humanity and society. But basically the story goes, um, the rich, you know, the Jeff Bezos of the world who are already getting in little spaceships and going up into um, the atmosphere or space kind of, I should say penis rockets because that's what he Yeah, that was, yes, penis Um, rocket. But in this game, they all go to Mars. So the rich people go to Mars and every once in a while they decide to come back to Earth, which has been destroyed because reasons that we're in the middle of right now. Uh, the end of the world has happened and it's just like a desolate, you know, ruined place. And so they come down for funsies in their little astronaut outfits and play golf. Oh my God. I did not know that. Wow. I like this game a lot less now. So you're an asshole. You like it less? Jeff Bezos. No, no. If you're the asshole coming back to earth, fuck you. Like, what? oh man, I didn't know that. You don't, you don't have care. You don't like, um, have feelings for this person. They're terrible individual for doing what they're doing probably, but it's a, it's a, what's it called? Commentary on the actual situation. All right. Okay. If if there's commentary, I'm back in. Well, here's the other reason why you should be back in one. It's beautiful. It's like this, uh, 2d style. Um, I never know what to call graphics anymore. We've done it so much. (laughs) It's fucking graphics. It's simple graphics. It's very beautiful. It reminds me of Night in the Woods, that style. Okay, so maybe like a hand-drawn kind of a style, perhaps? Kind of hand-drawn, but more like cutout, you know, like cutout. Okay, paper cutouts, sure. Yeah, and uh, there's some, like, three dimensions to it, but it really is kind of a 2D game. And what you're doing is they're really inventive holes because one hole might be you're just hitting it up this real pipe in in this, like, you know, uh, ruined shopping center or something. The other one might be you're hitting a button to open the, the garage door, then hit it inside the garage, and inside the garage there's all this plutonium and like you know gross radioactive goo, and you have to jump over that. So there's a lot of stuff that again, small commenting on what we're doing to the planet, uh, and you fly by all of it. So it's almost like you're seeing the destruction that we did. Um, and then on top of that, there is a brilliant radio station that you listen to. Uh, think Fallout. Okay. You know, you're going through the wasteland, you're listening to that radio. Sure. There's some really good music, uh, like just beautiful stuff. And I think a lot of it's indie. And then there's like commentary, like news reports or like um, stories about this world kind of. So it's like you get to hear memories uh, about the planet. So fucking cool as shit idea because you're already just chilling, playing golf, you know? And it's doing this other thing. This like DJ is like telling you about like music, but then it's telling you about like the, the story. Interesting. And and that, the fact that Mars isn't like what it's all it's cracked up to be, right? Because it's like if they're the rich people, they're probably making that place a shit hole too. So not no offense to all rich people. There's good rich people. I mean, a little offense to rich people. I think that's okay. Offense to the one percent rich people. Yes. <laughs> Full offense. Full, Full offense, offense to the one percent. Yes. yes. Because they should help us out. Um, anyways, it's really relaxing. Some of the golfing isn't like the best, but you're never worried about like making it in, you know, uh, three strokes or whatever. It's like right. it's more about just traversing the landscape. And your little guy's in an astronaut or uh, what's it called? 
space like a biohazard suit or something. Yeah, and he, but he has rocket uh, jets, so he flies everywhere. Okay. So if you have to get up really, really far somewhere and like something's hanging, then he can just go anywhere. You don't control him. He just goes to where the ball is. Oh, uh, okay, okay, gotcha. So it automatically yeah, yeah. brings you to wherever you need to make your next yeah. shot. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. and so and then you said it's a simple, basic golf mechanic where you pull back and you know there's the strength of it and the angle. But another thing that's kind of cool is that some of the platforms are moving. So like you'll get to like some construction zone and you're on the platform, but it's actually like moving back and forth, and then you have to putt as well. So there's a lot of interesting little Easter eggs and things. Like I'll tell you one Easter egg in the background. There's a building that says Kofefi. Oh God, gross. I know, I know. But again, it's commentary. <laughs> I'm like I, I, I love this here. concept, dude. I love this concept a lot. And I feel like there's rich potential, as you said, to kind of make commentary on what we're doing to America or, or the world, I guess. Uh, it's the, it's right the Earth, yeah. The Earth, yes, exactly. So I'm very curious about this one. It is coming to other consoles, um, PS and Xbox. I don't know about Switch, probably Switch. So I'm going to hit it for sure when it hits one of the other consoles. But it does sound very intriguing because, you know, I like golf games okay. Like, they're not my jam, but I've played a couple in my day, and I think they're all right. But I'm definitely up for a golf game that's weird or a golf game that has something to say or a golf game that takes conventions and expectations and kind of does something different. And that sounds like this game is probably doing all of those things. So I am yeah. I am curious. It's also doing – I mean, it's great music too and, and awesome graphics to look at. And I would not recommend on the Switch. Wholeheartedly Too small not. probably, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to get these vistas and stuff. It's just super cool looking. I don't think you could get it. In the switch, no offense, but kind of offense. Um, the other thing is that there's full on stories that are in these uh, broadcasts. So it's like there's other games that do this. I forget which ones, but like you know, they tell a story, but you're you're kind of passively playing a game too. Right, you know? right, right. So I feel like that's what this is. And by the way, there's some interesting um, putting mechanics where you can almost hit the ball like right up in the air, like straight up, and that kind of changes the way you play golf than other golf games I've played, but. Yeah, in general, I think it's kind of funny. It's heartwarming at times. It's depressing. And I'm very happy that I'm playing it. And I'm just going to keep playing it. Excellent. Golf Club Wasteland. I'm actually very, very interested in this one. Definitely going to check it out when it comes to Xbox, probably. So thank you for that quick preview. This sounds like one to watch for sure. Oh, and lastly, and, yes. there's a demo right now on Steam. There you go. Steam Free. demo. Grab it now. Golf Club Wasteland. Okay. Uh, moving on, I've got a couple of games uh, on the Switch to talk about real briefly here. The first really? one, yeah, for real, for real. On the Switch? On the Switch? Go figure, right? You never you didn't see it coming. Uh, let's see. First one is Witch Spring Three: Refine the Story of a Rudy. Uh, that is quite a title, a very wow. long and involved title. Uh, this is a isometric RPG where you play a witch, a very cute little. Uh, kind of super deformed witch in the sense that her head is big and her body is small. Not that she actually has like, you know, birth defects or anything like that, but just uh, she's like that style, if you know what I'm talking about. Chibi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chibi. That's probably the more common term these days. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Thank you for updating my lexicon. It was way <laughs> out of date. It's very um, chibi. Yeah, exactly. So chibi style. Uh, and I believe this game is from Korea, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it started on mobile phones. It is. Also. It was an Android game. I now, now I remember it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I didn't know much about this other than the trailer, which showed this, you know, this cute little witch. And it looked like, um, one of those, I don't know what you even call them. It's a sim game, but it's the, it's a very specific genre of game 
where the player has a character and this character, they are training them. So like what I saw in the trailer was you, the player, looking at this little witch in her hut and she was like doing push-ups, and she was um, doing like uh, laps and she was doing sword fighting by herself to like increase her stats. And so to me, it looked like it's one of those games where you're trying to take your character and just like train them and train them and train them uh, so that they're good enough to do whatever goal they're shooting for. Um, kind of like uh, like my son has uh, Clumsy Ninja on the phone. That's probably a good touchstone for some people. Uh, if you're old like me, you may remember Monster Rancher back in the day. You oh, did yeah, that yeah. a lot. Uh, you know, kind of like one of those, like, I guess, training games. I'm not even sure what genre that is. So I'm like, oh, okay, that looks pretty interesting. Let's check that out. And that is kind of what it is. But there's actually a lot more to it. And I do like the training. I'm not so keen on the rest of it. Um so basically, there's a small world that you can walk around in, and you engage in RPG-style battles, uh, which are fine. Graphics are cute, so I think the graphics are nice. But I think there's a lot of um, complication that is a little bit unwelcome in this game. I'm guessing there might have been some free-to-play mechanics tied up in this that maybe have been removed. I don't know for sure, because I've never played this on the phone, but like, there's a lot of menus and a lot of stuff to collect, and a lot of... like combine this thing with this other thing to make this other thing that all just kind of seems to get in the way. Yeah. Um, it seems like a lot of cruft in there and it's not very well explained. Uh, for example, for example, when you fight in a JRPG battle, it's like your little witch is on one side and then there is a monster that she's fighting. Um, they want you to summon a doll first because you, I guess are the kind of witch that brings puppets to life. That's an important detail to know. Uh, so you have to like earn some resources. You activate one of your dolls and you can summon it into battle with you. So you have a helper. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but then, on, in addition to that, you have to have a magic circle, which is underneath your enemy, which seems to be kind of overkill, because why aren't you just attacking? So you have to have a circle, but then that circle has three other parts that you have to like craft and build and combine. So it's like, summon the doll, summon the, the magic circle, which you yeah. should have probably already combined with three other pieces back at your home. After those things are there, then you attack... Uh, but that drains your HP, which is what you have the doll for, because it brings your HP back. Like, it all just seems very, like, really kind of, like, overly complicated. And I'm not really sure that it adds anything. It feels like a lot of busy work, which I'm guessing, and again, could be totally wrong. I'm guessing probably had a function on a mobile phone where you're probably tapping menus. You're probably waiting for cooldowns. You're probably putting in some real uh, money for microtransactions. Maybe, maybe not. But that's kind of what it seems like to me, because a lot of these systems just don't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, this is a straight up mobile game. You're like playing a mobile game on the Switch. Yeah, like, but with the, when with I the say stuff that, taken out of it, yeah. Yeah, capital M, right? Yeah, capital that's how it microtransaction, feels. I think. Kind of how it feels. So they have stripped out the microtransactions. There's no microtransactions in the Switch version, which I think is good. But this game just feels it's it's cute and I wanted to like it, but as I got into it, I just I kept hitting like all these poorly explained systems and too many menus and too many layers of stuff, and it just seemed like it was getting the way of of just actually just playing the game. So I think it's 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 okay. I mean, I guess if you want a small experience like this, or if you want a character to train, uh, you know, maybe check it out. But it just seems like this one needs a little bit of streamlining to me. My my quick uh, two cents on it, just from like looking at it and hearing what you said. Yeah. I think it's um, a precursor to which which uh, bring four, which is coming out on mobile, I believe. Oh, for so, real? I thought you were joking. Yeah. Is that serious? No, it's real. And <laughs> so I feel like maybe they're like getting trying to get some audience share in there. Probably. Be like, oh, I like this world. And then they'll see the mobile game. Very probable. That's just Very my probable. idea. Yeah. So there it is. Witch Spring 3, Refine, the story of Erudy. Um, not, you know, there's some stuff to like in it, but I just, I just feel like it's not quite where it needs to be. 
Um, the other one that I want to talk about real quickly is a HD remaster. Carlos, you're old enough. I'm old enough. You probably remember Spelunker, right? Not Spelunky, the one that came before that Spelunker. Do you remember that? Yeah, but I forget what I played it on. I mean, Nintendo? I, it's maybe Nintendo, maybe Commodore. I mean, it's it's old. It's like an older game, way older. Yeah. Um, so I remember this one from back in the day, and I saw this pop up in a new remastered version. They take the original formula where you are a little guy. Uh, this is all 2D, uh, originally pixel-based, and you go inside these caves, and you collect, like, bombs and keys, dodge bats, try not to fall in pits. Like, kind of, you know, general cave-exploring-type shenanigans. Uh, from a 2D pixel art perspective, uh, a lot of minecarts as well. Uh, so that was there, but now they've redone it to add multiplayer. So you can, I think, have up to four people play at the same time in the uh, in these caves. Oh, There's I played also... this. Sorry, yeah, I'm sure you have. I'm sure. No, I mean I've, that was it was for Nintendo, but I played this remake that you're, you're talking about. Oh, have you played this? This, yeah. this literal remake. Oh, I have. Okay. Yeah, I did yeah. Not realize continue that. Okay. though. Continue. Okay, so then they have the multiplayer version. They've got the original campaign version. They have a new endless mode which is kind of like running on a timer where the screen just auto scrolls and you have to keep up with it as best you can they also have added a 3d graphics mode so like you can see the old school graphics uh which are pretty old school although kind of charming still uh or you can just hit a button and it goes to 3d where they've redone all the graphics with like full uh character models um it's still played from a 2d perspective but just everything kind of looks like more modern and polished and shiny uh, so I was really interested in playing this because I like the idea of going like level by level, just like some simple arcade style action. Uh, I was really curious to see what this is like, but I forgot that I actually really, really don't like Spelunker for one very specific reason. I'm curious, Carlos, do you know what that specific reason is? Man, I for, I like played this for two seconds to remind me of what the original game was, and I I, I noped out as you say very quickly and i can't remember what it was but i'm sure it was whatever you're about to say i will tell you exactly why i why i don't like this game even though i really really want to like this game okay this spelunker has a very particular quirk and as soon as i started playing again i'm like oh that's right i hate this game and now i remember because you take fall damage from the smallest falls in the world like if right. you're on a ladder and you're 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 jumping from the ladder to a a platform if you are level with this platform you'll survive that's okay but if you are even one pixel off you fucking die so like let's say that you're two pixels above the platform in literally any other game in the history of video games you would (laughs) land and it would be fine no problem but in spelunker you die and if you're on a ladder and you try to walk off the ladder onto the land like you do in any other video game in the history of video games you'd be fine in spelunker you die you die all the time from these like these falls, which are not even falls. It's like you're jumping because you are trying to land on the platform, but you have misjudged it, sir. You have jumped one pixel too high. And in any other game, no problem. But in Spelunker, you die. So, I mean, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I will say it harkens back to Mario, the original super, not Super Mario, Mario uh, in Donkey Kong. And uh, I don't think in Mario Brothers, but in Donkey Kong, if you jumped wrong, I think you died. Like, remember that second level of you, if you like fell through the hole? There was fall damage in Donkey Kong for sure. Yeah. But this is even, this is way more extreme than that, dude. Like, right. But I just remember there was like in the era of Nintendo, there were some games that did do this. 
where and again it was added uh, difficulty for the sake of difficulty because yes. I don't think it if it was not fun at all. But I remember this kind of action where like if you oh. don't land it like Smurfs. Smurfs is a game that is the bane of my existence. I've never brought it on this podcast, have I? I don't think so. Oh my goodness, fuck the Smurfs on the ColecoVision. If anybody listening knows what I'm talking about, please at Onawa O N A W A. We need to talk. But in Smurfs, this is this is, this makes sense. It comes together just plunker. In Smurfs, if you jumped over the fences, you had to jump over these fences. If you just touched that fence with your toe, just touched it, even your little pinky toe, you would just fall over and instantly die. And it was like a weird animation where like the it wouldn't even animate. He would just like be sideways, you know, and just like dead. Sometimes yes. in the air. And so, like, that would happen if you touched anything wrong. So, there, And if you fell from somewhere, forget it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, that was a mechanic, just so you it's, know. This is a garbage mechanic, and it's so it extreme. Is. I really need to emphasize, I I did not even <laughs> I, I couldn't even finish the first level, dude, because I got so frustrated with the jumping. Here, I mean, here's how extreme it is. I'm sure people think I'm a lunatic right now. Okay, imagine, like, you, Carlos, or listeners at home, you imagine yourself. Like, we're talking about the real world, your actual body. You out in meat space, okay? So let's let's imagine that you jump up exactly one inch. Like you you jump up one inch and you land and you're fine. No harm done. We all do this every day. I'm sure yeah. all of us more you know, we traverse heights that are more than one inch constantly during our day, right? Did it earlier so, today. Yep. Exactly. I did it literally just now. Now imagine you jump up literally one inch and you land and you're fine. No harm done. Your shins feel fine, stomach's okay, it's all good. Now imagine that you jump 1.5 inches. You jump 1.5 inches. That extra 0.5, you die. You jump 1.5 inches, you fall down fucking dead. That's how that's how crazy it is. That is what it feels like playing this game. The difference between being okay and being dead is so small. It is life it or is death. So it's it's crazy making. It is crazy making. I can't see how anybody thought this was a good idea. Please just let me do the normal jump that anybody else does. I would love this game. Otherwise, I think it looks really fun. I'm down for it. I just I just can't get down with this ridiculous fall damage, which is just so over the top. I think that's why I stopped playing it. I mean, it must have been because I was must like, have been, dude. oh, look at this old school mechanic that's in this new shell of an HD look. No, I don't want to play it still. No. Um, yeah, if you jump it, by the way, 1.5 inches, you should at least twist your ankle maybe. But like just instant death. Come on. It is literal instant death. It is. It is so frustrating. I'm trying to think of something that is more frustrating than this that I played recently, and I just I'm not coming up with anything. So anyway, that is Spelunker HD Deluxe. It looks cool. It's probably really appealing to people who like retro arcade stuff. Just be aware, you got to be pixel perfect with those jumps, otherwise you're going to be dying like crazy. Okay. Oh, thanks. Moving on, a game which has been in a lot of discussion this week, and not for great reasons, but I we may talk about that. Maybe we won't talk about that here on the show. Boyfriend Dungeon, coming from Kit Fox Games. I believe it's their first game. This was a Kickstarter success story, successfully funded, brought it to multiple platforms. Basically, this is a combination dungeon crawler slash dating simulator, which sounds crazy at first. But it kind of comes together. You play a character who has come to a new city for the summer and you want to date a bunch of people. And inexplicably, a lot of the people that you meet are able to turn into weapons. You meet a guy who turns into a rapier, a girl who turns into a dagger, a K-pop guy who turns into like a, a lightsaber. You meet all sorts of people who turn into weapons. They don't explain it. 
don't question it. Just go with it. Don't don't bother to figure out why that is. Uh, but you go on these dates with these people, and there you know there's conversations. You go out to different places, dialogue choices, and if it goes well, you increase your affection with them, and that makes the weapon form stronger, which you then take into a dungeon, randomly generated dungeon, and you just like you know you crawl the dungeon, you kill a bunch of uh, monsters, collect. Uh, resources and increase love points with your your chosen weapon get back to the service go on some dates and so on and so on and so on um that's basically the skeleton experience of boyfriend dungeon i played it and finished it carlos i know you played it as well how much did you play i didn't finish it did not finish okay so i've just given the the capsule here i'm gonna stop talking turn it over to you carlos what are your general thoughts slash impressions slash feelings on boyfriend dungeon yeah, I have feelings. Uh, by the way, the other part of the capsule is that there's an overworld, and you can run around the overworld. Yeah, small to overworld, go to different sure. locations. Yeah, and and also before I get into my bit, uh, dungeon crawler and roguelike, they're pretty similar, right? I mean, kind of. It's all in 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 what happens to the player after you die. That's really to me the crux of it. Because I feel like I get like a roguelike experience when I go into those dungeons and come out, because I'm never going to make it to the bottom. Unless it's like a roguelike where you like you you know upgraded enough that you can do that, so to me it just felt like that. I don't know what the difference is now with dungeon. I mean, in this particular case, uh, I think that I know that some people were describing it as a roguelike. I'm not sure if the developers describe it as roguelike, but to me, a roguelike is more than just procedural generation. It's about getting reset to zero if you die, right? So like, let's say in a traditional roguelike, you go into a dungeon with nothing, you pick up a sword, five gold pieces, a magic potion, but then you die. You restart with nothing or or in like a rogue light, you may lose some of that progress, but some of it will be permanent. But like, you know, you still will get setbacks. So maybe you'll keep your sword, but maybe you'll lose all your gold and lose all your progress in the town. Or Who knows? Right. There's a lot of different permutations of that mm-hmm. in Boyfriend Dungeon. I don't feel like roguelike or light even applies because it's true that the dungeons are procedurally generated. But you don't lose anything if you ever die. Like, you never get sent back. Like, you don't lose progress. Your relationship never gets worse. You never lose any money. You never lose any resources. You just die and start over. So, to me, that isn't roguelike at all. It's just kind of more of a dungeon crawler. So, if, okay. if there's penalties, I would say yes. But I don't I don't see any penalties here. I'm glad I asked the question. That's a very uh, succinct. Eh? Another word there for you. There you go. There you go. Uh, so- <laughs> I'm always excited about it as soon as I say the word, which makes it not cool anymore. That's a good word, um, though. Yeah. Now I forgot what I was using it. It's a very succinct uh, description. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So I want to come back to that, though. Remind me to come back to the roguelike elements at the okay. end. Okay. Um, so in general, you know, we've talked about this before. If a game, especially a dating simulator type game, uh, puts you in the position of a player that or a character and you don't relate to them, We've said it before. We nope out, right? Like, yes, that is very true. Forgot what game it was we were doing, but one of them, and we were like, "Yeah, we are not a teenager in a house full of other kids wanting to like get our first job or something." Oh yeah, whenever it's like that awkward, like, "Who am I in the world?" or like my very first kiss or something. Like, I think we're both kind of past those phases. Yes. So this kind of had that for me because it's like, "Oh, you're an introvert," and I'm like, "I'm pretty much an extrovert." (laughs) And then also, you know, you're going on your first date, and you know, I've done everything there is to do in the history of the adulthood. And then also, you know, what's really weird is the very beginning of the game, it has a warning that says, hey, you might uh, experience some unwanted advances in this game. Yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I was like, that's not possible. I don't know. How, what are they talking about? And then I felt it because 
the whole game for I don't know, I played for a couple hours or something uh, in the beginning. It was all just guys, and I'm straight, and I want to meet the ladies, the digital ladies. And there was no digital ladies to be had. And then they made me go on dates with guys, which, again, I'm open to it, man. It's the 70s, baby. <laughs> but it wasn't what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it was like, yes. I know what I want out of this game. I want to find a girl that I like and make her my – she's going to be a sword already. And I'm going to you know, power her up and make her better and level up. And then we'll be – we'll t- take over the world together or something. But the first girl I meet, she's a dagger, that dagger girl. And she goes, okay, later, bye. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but I just had to go on three dates to three guys. I-, I wanted to go on a date with a lady. That was one of my – so the two things I'm trying to say is, one, I didn't relate to the character at all, so I almost noped out immediately because I know all these things that they were struggling to do. Like, it's not hard to talk to people for me. And then secondly, I was just going on date with, dates with guys – and lastly, and the real reason I probably didn't stick with it, is because I just don't like that combat. I think it's, I'm going to use a Brad Galloway term. I think, it, I think it's garbage. No. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a garbage combat. Like it, it when you, and I know this because I play enough combat games, when you lunge or attack in any way, your character's locked. That's like fucked up. Like that's a weird old school mobile game kind of combat. Like like committing to the action and not being able to kind of cancel out of it. Or yeah, there's no canceling out of it, and you get stuck in it, and there's a delay. Like there's such a slight delay when you're coming out of the action. Yes. This this is yes. technical, but this is real, and I fucking hate that because to my last point, I wanted to mention about roguelikes. This game throws enemies at you so that you can't win, right? Like. They're like, oh, in the beginning, you're just going to die. And that's like part of the fun, you know? Go back home, and then we'll give you a text message. But it's it's so, like, let me lose the match. You know what I mean? Let me uh, be my fault. But I just felt like I was fighting the controls. I got stuck in animations. And then people are, like, shooting you with projectiles, and you have no recourse for that except a roll, which I don't like. Um, yeah, I just I felt overwhelmed by enemies that were small, very, very low hit points, but they placed them as soon as you walked into the door where there's like 10 of them on you. And I just thought the combat and the positioning of the combat was garbage. It made me feel bad about like, I know this is intense, but it made me feel bad like playing the, the actual game of it. Interesting. I, I actually don't lot. disagree with you. I actually think you're you're basically correct on those counts. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think we're kind of on the same page. I think I enjoyed it more than you did, but I, I do not disagree with you. I think you're correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, okay. So, to be fair, it's called Boyfriend Dungeon. So, yes, I, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I'm uh, I'm also a straight guy. And I, you know, I, you know I'm open. I want to be you know, being able to enjoy games of all kinds and enjoy different writing and art. So, I mean, full disclosure, I mean, I finished the game. So, I, it didn't. It didn't stop me from playing the game, but, you know, just, you know, to be perfectly honest to all the listeners here. Yeah, I mean, I would have enjoyed it more if it was, uh, you know, girlfriend dungeon instead of boyfriend dungeon. But it's, it is what it is. I took it for what it is. And I didn't uh, hold that against it. Although there were, I, you know, I can't say that I was like super stoked on going on a bunch of dates with guys. I was like, OK, well, let's just do this and get it over with because I need this sword to be powered up. Uh, and, you know, it was just kind of weird. I because they, yeah. because they really ham up, ham it up too. They're like they make you say, they make you say things, and that's just weird. Because I mean, it's of course a choose your own adventure, text adventure, right? But like they're making you say things like, "Well, it is hot in here," and I'm like, "I, I don't want to say it's hot in here." <laughs> it's, I, I'm not yes. trying to make an advance on this guy. It's funny you say that because um, 
I I believe when I was reading about the game, they said that you could steer it towards just like friendships if possible. And I did try to do that. I did um, too. It's with hard. a number of the yeah, it was really hard. I felt like they kept wanting to steer it back to romance, and I'm like, no, can we just be buddies? Like, let's just be let's just be neutral, asexual friend dungeon, like guy you know? friends. By guy the way, friend, <laughs> yeah. and to and to the name of it, like you know, I know it's boyfriend dungeon. But for some reason, when I heard that, I thought they meant like it just like encapsulates the idea of like a relationship with. The, the weapons did you think I, maybe you were the boyfriend in that equation yeah or you there were girlfriends in it too but then you they just called it that because it's a, a fun name you know like boyfriend dungeon it just comes up like boyfriend girlfriend dungeon wouldn't sound good right and i remember seeing it on kickstarter and thinking and i thought i saw yeah because there are girl weapons and i just thought of it in my head this whole time it's just like oh multiple a guy's girl whatever and you can sure so sure yeah. 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 I mean, I, I hear you for sure. I, you know, if I had had my, my wish granted, sure. I would have gender swapped it and it would have been 90% women and 1% guys or whatever, but it, you know, whatever. I don't care. It, it, it did not, I am not holding out against it. It's not a criticism. It's just a personal commentary, whatever. Right. Um, but I did get into the game, finish the game, you know, went on the dates with the guys, tried to steer it towards friendships when possible, which was very difficult. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so I think the art style, I really like the art style a lot of the character art when you're like doing the dates, when you're talking to people. I really like the way um, they have this kind of like uh, sketch kind of look to them. And it's really kind of kinetic and full of energy. I really like the visuals a lot. I thought the music was actually great in this game. Did you like the music at all? I guess. I don't remember. It's not rememberable to me. So mm, okay. maybe music, music does not usually stick out for me. I usually just like just don't care. But uh, in this particular game, I really did enjoy the music quite a bit. So that was good. Uh, and the dating part was fine. It's very flexible and forgiving. Um, in a lot of dating sims, you kind of have to choose early on who you're pursuing because there is not generally enough time to date everybody in this game. You can literally date every single person with no limit. And there are no stipulations such as if I choose person a, that means person B and C will be mad at me. That does not happen here. You can date every single person at the exact same time and everybody's cool with it. And there's no time limit. So it's very forgiving gentle they want you to kind of just partake of all the dates and just to to not be penalized and not to stress about it too much which you know i kind of appreciated because that's kind of what i was in the mood for i didn't want to like stress too much i just wanted to have like some easygoing you know yeah i mean friends with benefits type stuff i guess well that's what, what i say it's it's easygoing but it was not real life because you know in real Correct. life you can't that would I never mean, that would never fly yeah, it might not fly. fly yeah um so that part was okay uh, the combat, I will agree with you, is not very good, which was kind of a bummer. Number one, the graphics take a big step down, uh, compared to the overall graphics. It looks kind of like, um, little, like, Duplo people kind of walking around, which is not a very cool art style to me. Very basic, uh, functional. I mean, it's, it's, it, it got the job done, but it's not anything I would ever really recommend, and I wish it looked better than it did. Yeah. And in terms of the controls, yes, I 100% agree. I, I had a lot of troubles with the controls where um, the dodge that you have is not uh, there's no iframes or invincibility frames associated with it. So like you can dodge, but you'll just dodge into an enemy and get stuck on the enemy. And if you're surrounded, which happens all the time, all the time uh, with way too many little guys, they swarm you all the time. You can get stuck. And I got, um, you know, like stunlocked a couple times where I just could not get out of a circle of enemies. And that really was frustrating. Or sometimes I would try to dodge, but I get stuck on the corner of like a piece of geometry or something like a a chair or a table, I get stuck and couldn't move. And the enemies are right there. They swarm you. And that is not a good feeling that, that like, kind of like you said, like, let me fail on my own merits. This feels like the game is kind of fighting me a little bit, which mm -hmm. I didn't care for a lot of the weapons. I felt like 
were just, you know, okay. I mean, they're all different. They all feel different. But I was basically just kind of doing a 3-8 combo um, with the dagger, which I really liked. I really liked the scythe was pretty good. Uh, maybe like one or two of the other ones. But they all, you know, none of them are th anything to write home about. Like, this is not... You don't come to this game for the combat, I don't think, even though it's sold as partially being a dungeon crawler. I feel like it's really all about the dating and the, the combat is just something that you do to kind of like kill time between dates, which I guess is fine enough. But yeah, I was not super keen on the combat very much. And I mean, to be fair, I didn't think it was like super hard once you level up a little bit. I uh, I got uh, one or two weapons that were up high and I got some armor made that gave me extra heals. And then once I had that stuff in place, it was it was OK. It was fine. I mean, it's it's easy to grind and level up, so it wasn't too big of a deal. Uh, but, you know, over, overall, it was all right. I mean, the only thing that I had a big problem with is I think probably the thing that everybody else has a big problem with now is the character of uh, Eric. Are you did you encounter that or did you read up on that at all? It's like I didn't it's read up on it or no, no, no. And where where is that? Um, how far in? Like I met the girl with the, da the dagger girl and that's when I stopped, I think. OK, so pretty early. Eric is a guy you meet like real close to the beginning. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe like an hour in or something or something like that. Okay. He's the guy I that owns the the blacksmith shop he's like got the white shirt he's got glasses did you meet that guy no maybe i didn't no well he is he starts out as and i i don't mean to spoil this for anybody but i feel like it's been all over twitter right now and it's kind of important to discuss with this game uh he is a, a guy that has a blacksmith shop he wants to date you just like everybody else but it is soon revealed that he's kind of a super creepy guy and um without really getting into the details of it i did not want to talk to this guy he texts you all the time and the game will offer updates with this guy. And I'm like, no, thank you, sir. I I want nothing to do with you. And if this was a normal dating simulator, you could just simply never date that guy. And that would be fine. I mean, that's usually how this goes. Like when you go on a dating sim, you have to make choices and you usually leave some people behind. And I would have been very happy to leave this guy behind. But not in this game. In this game, you have to interact with this guy. And you, you have to go on a couple dates with him. And you have to answer his text messages. Because I ignored him for as long as possible because I didn't like this guy. But at some point, I just couldn't progress. Like, there were no new events. There were no new dialogue trees happening. Uh, nothing new was happening. I did everything in the world there was to do except go on a date with Eric. And I didn't want to do that, but I could not progress the game. So I think that what's giving a lot of people heartburn and what gave me in particular heartburn was that being forced to go on a date with this guy that I already know that I hate kind of feels like being forced to spend time with like an abusive guy or a gross guy. Right. And that's not what you want to do in a dating simulator. That's not how these are supposed to work. So especially when in the beginning that he's like, I know you're afraid about going out on dates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the beginning exactly. is like, I know you're timid. So, but we're going to make this a fun summer. Like that's, and I have met this guy. Now I know him. He's the chef yeah. guy. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. He looks like a chef kind of. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I have some uh, stuff I just looked up online, but I remember I just got out of there as soon as I could. I just felt right? like something's wrong here. I'm, I'm going to go. Exactly. Any normal person would be like, Oh my God, red flag. I got to get out of here. So yeah. I, I, I understand that he plays a role in the story again, not going to spoil it, but he does play a crucial role in the story, which is great. And it's fine to have people like that to play their role. But I, me personally, and maybe some people disagree, but I feel like how they used him in the story was wrong. He should not have been a date option and you shouldn't be forced to spend time with him. If you if you do need him to move the story forward, he could have been just a guy that shows up or just something, you know, something could have be, happened, like just a story event. Maybe you bump into him somewhere and you get away from him or maybe somebody tells you about him or, you know, there's there's ideas you could do that don't make it feel like you're forced to go on a date with this gross guy. So yeah. that to me was nasty. I did not appreciate that very much. But other than that, 
I felt like it was a pretty fun game just for something light, something fun, something easygoing. I got in. I think I rolled credits maybe five or six hours after I started and I had a pretty good time. Some of the stories with the people were interesting and, uh, you know, yeah, sure. I would have enjoyed Girlfriend Dungeon more, but overall, I think it was pretty good. And I think that these guys for a first ever did, uh, you know, did a pretty good job. Well, that that character, as I read more about him, is 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 definitely a problem with the game um, and does like put a what's it called? A, a stain on it. Stains yeah, the game it's kind of, of in a way. yeah, it has kind of tainted the whole experience. Tainted. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, I will say I will say this because I was looking it up. Uh, and a message from Soviet Games Podcast, or at least Carl Stradella from Soviet Games Podcast, which I can't speak tonight, is um, the voice actor behind that character is getting harassed online. Yeah, don't do that, folks. Fuck do you that. guys and gals. No one do that. No one do that. What's wrong with you? Yeah, it's acting. He's playing a character. It voice is, he is not that person. Actor. He has a voice actor. Like, please leave that guy alone. Don't bother please that guy. That poor stop guy. that. Yeah. That's so, I mean, that's crazy that, like, he even said in a tweet that we even have to say it. Like, there's so yeah. many things in this world, tangent, not going to do the tangent, that we have to, like, we're blown away that we have to say, hey, don't do this. Don't act this way. Um, so don't do Unfortunate. That. Unfortunate. Yeah, so please leave that guy alone. He's probably a very nice person. He's just playing a role. He is not his character. Please stop. Please stop hating that guy. Yeah. Just let him have some peace. So anyway. That is Boyfriend Dungeon. I have a full review up on GameCritics.com. If anybody wants to read that, you can see my further in-depth thoughts on that. It is available on Game Pass, which I think is great. So if you're kind of intrigued, but maybe not sure if this is your thing, if you got an Xbox, jump in and just check it out for free. Game Pass. There you go. I know it's good, Brad. I know. I just had to get that pause in there to kind of emphasize the point. Carlos, I said Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass. All right, two more games, and then we are out. Carlos, The Art of Rally, it came out. It's a game. There are cars. You drive. Rally yep, style it. driving. That's, that's it. That's what Review I know done. about it. That's all I know. That's that's all I know, too. Review done. Let's get out of here. I'm tired. <laughs> Art of Rally. Yeah, it's a rally game, but like the graphics are that style. I always use RC Pro-Am as my example. But I am old, so none of the young people know. What no I'm one knows about. what you're talking about. Kind of like an isometric, kind of isometric car, right? car. What's another isometric car? Uh, another old game is four x four off road. Oh, that no was a knows. crazy game. Yeah, it's I a did great game. Yeah, and it's like that, and it's like what's another modern game? Moto race, Moto Racer for the TurboGrafx 16. It's oh, like dude. that. We are so dating ourselves right now. All right. I'm just gonna give old references from now on. Um, anyways, it's isometric top-down view, three-quarters kind of view of a car, and it's a rally game, rally racing game. But they do a couple of really interesting things. Uh, it's on Game Pass, I believe, right now, and that's it how is, I played yes. it. Yep, and it's quite quite beautiful. It's uh, very simple graphics, but they do a lot of really good lighting effects. So the sunsets are amazing, and it is. Basically, in the very beginning, before you even start the game, I want to say before what, what the game is, it has you pick your country, and then it has you pick your blood type. Oh, no. That sounds like you're going to get hurt. I know. I've never had that happen in any video game, I don't think, even an RPG. Um, what, what effect does that do? Do you have to get transfusions? Zero. Like, I haven't seen it do anything. And what should it do? Like, it's really weird. Anyways, I just thought I'd mention that that's at the beginning is of the some game. some kind of like weird, inappropriate data collection or something? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. And I gave it to him. So sign me up. Take all my information. <laughs> oh, it's my here. goodness. Yes. Anyways, what's interesting, it's a combination uh, rally game, but also you're learning about rally racing because they tell you a little bit of history in between races, which I think is cool. 
And the very beginning, they drop you in this open world kind of free roam area, and you can learn the controls, which are basic. Accelerate, brake, drift, whatever. But if you know rally games, and I'm very bad at them, it's a precision game, right? There's ter- any turn could be a problem. Almost like the Dark Souls of racing. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. I've been waiting for it. You got, you got Dark Souls in there. there. It was. You yeah. said it. Man, let's put that in the box quote. Um, but, you know, like any turn, you can like totally fuck up. And if you fuck up a turn, they're pretty good about like just resetting and setting you back on the track re- right away. Uh, it's like similar to other like 2D games where, you know, you die and die a lot. Um, I like the physics. There's physics for sure. You can definitely like tumble your car. You can jump jumps and uh, it feels just fun to play. Uh, there's a lot of games like those bike games that I like that have that same kind of feel where you get in the flow. And you're hitting the brake, and you're hitting the drift, and you're doing the turns right, and it's a beautiful sunset. And this game's just fun to play. But I am also bad at it because it does take a lot of precision. you got to hit that brake. you got to hit that drift. And maybe I'll – I don't know if you've done this, but you know, play a game and you finally get in the flow of it. You know, like in the beginning, although you don't play many racing games, but you like aren't – like Mario Kart or something. You know, you're not getting how to drift. You're not getting how to bump and jump or whatever and get the powers. But then at some point, you figure it out. So I think maybe I haven't hit that stride yet. Okay. Um, But in general, I just find it really, really fun. And again, the career mode, as you do races, they tell you, like, the history of, you know, the races. And also in the very beginning of the game, they say that you're in an alternate timeline. Whoa. Yeah, and they said that in this timeline, they continued with Group 2 – because I guess Group 2 rally racing was too dangerous, so they canceled it. Unless, of course, they're like making fun of the people who don't know about rally racing. <laughs> and that's me. And that They is... might be pranking you, dude. I don't know, I know how much I I know. Know how real this is. Yeah. And then they said, in this parallel reality... I really can't talk. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's late. It's late. And we've had a meal. We don't normally podcast after meals. Uh, group S is a thing, and now you're in like the most dangerous group. So, yeah, I don't know if they're like joking me, but it's fun because there's a little bit of side context, or whatever, to just racing. And oh, the other thing I was going to say is there's people watching the race, and they're like little Lego pieces, you know, with like no definition, just like mm. little teeny things. But they're always in the road. <laughs> like, <laughs> I immediately try to hit them because that's what you do in video games, not in real life, people. But I wanted to see if there was anything that was going to happen. So, of course, they all move out of the way perfectly. You know, they're programmed to. But then at some point I was going around corners and they're just hanging out, like daring me to hit them. I mean, I'm talking about like 50 people are on the road. Brett. I wonder if that's a thing with real rally races. Is that a problem with real? With real I don't know. Races? I don't want to look it up because I'm just going to depressed if that's like stuff. But anyways, I just thought that was really weird because, yeah, you can't ever hit them. But they were like in the way. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. But uh, besides the Lego people being weird, the it just feels fun to play. That's all I'll say. Like, it's on Game Pass. It's a no-brainer. If you like rally racing and also like a top-down view car game, it's also a no-brainer because you're probably better at it than I am. But I had a fun time, and I'm still playing it. There's Yeah, it's just I haven't figured out the flow yet. All right. I guess that is, uh, that is <laughs> well, the that, art well, of rally. That. 
we nah. we have to take a pause and acknowledge that whenever I talk about car racing games, you just zone out. I just got you I literally. Got, that ending was like, okay, Carlos. I, I guess you said words just now. So I guess he's. I guess Carlos is finished talking. Yeah, we're let's move that. on to what the next game. I wow. just man, I just like I don't like. I mean, and this is not about Art of Rally specifically. Just me here. I just I just don't really care for racing games. I and know. I, re- I really don't care for rally games. I just like I. I would it's, rather just do dishes or like read a book or take my dog for a walk or something. I just would not. I just you'd have to pay me a lot of money to play a rally game, and I just it's cool that you like it, man. Like all good, and it's on Game Pass. Game Pass. Uh, but but yeah, I, I I'll nothing, say this: nothing I know, to contribute, man. I had to just complain it out because every time I've ever played uh, talk about any racing game I played, you've done the same kind of uh, tone, which is really the funny. air just goes out of me, man. I guess. Oh no, yeah, you literally don't nothing. have oxygen. I got nothing, dude. Yeah, you go, seriously. You like go like this. You go, and that was a review. <laughs> but um, I will say one more thing. I think the other reason why I'm kind of speaking highly of it is because that style, which I can't think of the other games that are like it, because there's so many and they're not on the tip of my tongue. But right. or they are on the tip of my tongue. But that it's just like a, micro machines, maybe. Yeah, but there's even another one I can't think of it. But it those are fun to play. Like that style of top down, like seeing your car go. You know, they they really are fun to play, even if you don't like cars. Like so, there we go. It's a, Carlos it's a positive, said more words. Yeah, it's a racing game. Gonna, Fuck you. Gonna, okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that about your next game. Oh, I should. By the way, I should do that about roguelikes. Totally, oh dude. Goodness. You could totally do that. That would be funny. We could add a little. Is your last going. game a roguelike? It is not, unfortunately. Oh, I can't do it. Okay. Next time, save it though. Save it for next time, okay. and then just just totally deflate when I talk. I will. About I'll roguelike. be like. I'll be like. And that was another roguelike. So <laughs> that'd be pretty funny, actually. I'm we should it. do that. All right, na- next game and last game of this episode is something that I guarantee is not on many people's radar right now, and I think half of me feels like it should be. It's called Recompile. Have you heard anything about Recompile, Carlos? I have not. Nobody I've that. talked to has ever heard of this game. Uh, but I feel like it's worthwhile. I think it's worth discussing. So what is this game? This is, seems very Tron inspired. Carlos, I know you're familiar with Tron because you were old like I am. Uh, but for people out there who don't know, Tron, uh, you know, not only influential because of visual style, but also was one of the first movies to kind of like simulate what it might like to be inside a computer. If you were a computer program you know, like showing the guts of a computer as like a city and programs as people, you know, that kind of like, um, you know, anthropomorphization of, of computer programs really kicked off with Tron. And we've seen it a few times here and there. And this is one of those. Um, the basic story is that there is like a space station and something has gone catastrophically wrong. I'm not spoiling anything here. This is all like in the first 10 seconds of gameplay. Um, something's gone wrong on this space station and people have gone up to the space station to find out what's happening. They find that the technology up there is all fucked up and wrong. And so they inject a program into the computers of the space station to fix things internally and to find out what the hell went down. Your character is that computer program. So like you're Hmm. talking to people who are humans who are outside of your world. They like, it's like the voice of God talking to you, but he's like the guy who made you the program. He's your programmer Hmm. and he sends you to this computer and you are just like a bunch of like pixels. You're not even like a character. You're like a, a, a group of pixels that looks like the outline of a character. It looks very cool. Very, very Tron like very computery, very kind of tech feeling. 
and you get injected inside this computer and the computer is like this giant weird like neon and black open world and so you're like you're set loose inside the system of this computer um it's broken up into like territories where there's like the beginning part there's like a hub which is like the core of the computer there's like one part of the computer's hard drive that's devoted to like security and it's like all neon red and then there's like uh, life support systems, which is like in a different part of the of the hard drive, and it's like all green, and it all is very like neon and abstract. Like you you're standing on top of things that are just kind of like these weird shapes, which represent like data or processing structures. And you look out in the distance, and it's just like blackness because there's like nothing else outside of the computer. It's really abstract looking and very strong. Like I feel like it's very attractive and very unique, and has a lot of personality in. Um, in the, the world design, it's also extremely vertical. They really use a lot of vertical space, um, especially like in the green area that I got to. Uh, when you enter that area for the very first time, you get a good look at the entire place. And it's just like this giant, like weird, massive, like tubes and blocks and kind of looks like a castle, but kind of not. And it's floating in blackness. And there's like all these weird lights and power cables and stuff. Like it just looks strange and but also kind of familiar, like you're looking at it and you don't know what you're looking at, but also you're like, it is kind of a computer. I can kind of see how this is a computer and it right. kind of makes sense. Like it all kind of, it's, it's 1000% not what a computer looks like, but it also looks exactly what a computer looks like. Well, if that makes I'll, any sense. Yeah. I was just going to say, cause I'm looking at the images and some really cool gifts from it. And, um, it back to your original point, it looks like what Tron would be like the movie where yeah. th those worlds weren't exactly what a computer looked like, obviously right, inside. Right. But it was simulating that, like when you say the verticality, it, it's like programs have levels and, you know, and there's like different source codes. And so it seems like it's trying to do that. Yeah. It yeah, looks cool exactly. as shit. It looks graphic wise. It's like a 10, dude. I love the way it looks. The art design is so strong. It's extremely attractive. That's what gr drew me to it in the first place. Right. I saw a trailer and I'm like, holy shit. Like, what is this? Like, what is this about? I got to check this out. Um, so so there's that like art style. Awesome. Love the art style. How does it play? It plays kind of like an open world Metroidvania, but there's a lot of platforming and like a lot of um, more platforming, less combat, but there's definitely some combat to it. So it's kind of hard to describe, but this world kind of feels like it like doesn't give a shit about you. And I mean that in the sense of like, this is a computer system that was not designed for you, the program, and you are a program who is entering this computer system. There are not exactly pathways that are built for you. The, the the structure of the thing that you're getting into is not meant for you because you're like this outside program. And so you have to kind of like look for places that are not exactly clear platforms. Like maybe the edge of this building is wide enough for you to land on. Is it? I don't know. Maybe jump and see if you can land on it. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. You know, like, is there a path? Like if you walk around the back of something, is there a way to go? Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. So it's kind of like kind of like hostile in a way, but in a way that makes sense. Right. Because it kind of fits with the theme where you're intruding in this world and you're kind of just like any crack, any path, any open space you can find could potentially be the way that you need to go. And it's not clear, like very little of it is signposted. It's open. Like they don't tell you which uh, department to go to first. You don't know. Should I go up? Should I go down? Should I go to the green? Should I go red? Who knows, man? Like you don't know. You're just this fucking program that got plugged in this computer. And I think that's actually fucking awesome. Like, I think that's so cool. And I don't want to, I don't want to say it in the sense that people say this, right? But I think the one thing that this game takes uh, from Dark Souls, and it's not anything about the oh, gameplay. We it's not anything about two. that at all. 
the thing, one thing that's really strong about Dark Souls that people don't often talk about is how you feel when you're playing Dark Souls. And not the difficulty, but like being a stranger in a world where you don't know what's going on, you don't understand the story, all sorts of stuff wants to kill you, and you just feel like you're learning the landscape, you're learning what it feels like to be in this environment, you're kind of like figuring out your role in the whole thing, and you feel like you're a very small part of something that's really big. That's mm. a big part of Dark Souls. And I feel like that is what these developers have maybe taken from that. None of the none of the mechanical shit, like none of that stuff. It's just the feeling of like isolation, of being in a place that doesn't really want you there, and the feeling of kind of making your way through that and learning as you go. That part also super awesome. Like I think it's really good. Like you feel like an alien in an alien land, and it just it comes together so well. Oh, there's a butt coming. There is a butt coming. There is. Um, but that's really cool. I love the verticality. I love the art. I love the visuals. Love the concept. It's all like really, 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 really good. Um, so. I am struggling with this game, though. i got to be really honest with you, and I'm struggling in a couple of ways. Uh, number one, the map in this game is terrible, and I feel like the environmental design is really cool, but at the same time, it's really complicated. It's really easy to get lost, and it's really easy to get turned around, and it's really easy to not know which way you need to go, which on one hand is really cool, but it's cool like after you've been lost and then you figure something out. It's not cool when you are lost and then you are still lost, right? So there's kind of a fine line there. I could use a little bit more pointer. I could use a better map. Um, the map that they give you is like an ASCII map, and it's not very useful. So that is no help. That's a little bit frustrating. I think it's also frustrating that when I get into a zone, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not strong enough to get to the zone because there are these little um, power-ups that you can find in the world. Some make your gun stronger. Some give you different traversal options. Some give you like different abilities to like hack the computer. Um, I... Sometimes we'll get someplace and I'll be like, oh, I think that maybe I'm not supposed to be here yet because I'm, I'm not able to do anything. I want to just get back to where I was. And you can't just go back. Like you have to like literally like walk back. And these levels are so vertical and so convoluted. I couldn't find my way back sometimes. I'm like, where oh, that's did a I problem. come? Yeah. I was like, where did I come from? Where did I go? Like it was fine coming in. But now that I want to go out, I literally can't find the exit door. And so that was a bit of a problem. I really would have appreciated just like, you know, Go to menu. Do you want to go back to your starting point? Yes, please. Boom. That would have saved me a lot of hassle, right? I would have really liked that a lot, but that's not an option. The other thing that I will say uh, is that a lot of this is just left for you to discover, which I think in one hand is really good. But on the other hand, I do feel like a little bit more handholding would be great. And I got to the end of the first world that I went to, which was the security area, the red area. And I got to the boss and that boss fucking destroyed me like not even close like just oh no so so difficult man so hard like the boss can one shot you easily uh if you're not careful uh but also you're supposed to like run around this done this room uh the boss is flying around he's got like multiple flamethrowers and he's shooting flames in all directions so you have to watch the boss but also you're dodging and you have to watch where you're going because you can fall off the side and then you have to keep him in view and not get hit by the fire. And when you pause to shoot, he's already like bearing down on another flamethrower on you. And it's like if he catches you with it, it can either take off like a little bit or it'll one shot you. You don't know. Like it depends on how bad he gets you with it. And it happens so fast and it's so, so crazy difficult, right? Like I wasn't even sure that I was supposed to be doing that boss. I'm like, did I get to the last boss first? Did I do it wrong? Shit. It's the end of the game. Is this the final boss? Like what's going on? Um, so I did, I did email PR and I'm like, Hey man, look, I love this game, but like, this is like really fucking hard and I'm not exactly a stranger to games. So like, 
did I do something wrong? Am I missing something? Did I go to the last section first or do I just need to beat it? And like, we talked about it for a little while and it's like, no, you just need to be good. And I'm like, okay, well, I, <laughs> I thought it was good. I'm clearly not good because that boss just like, I mean, it's like, it's like a quit worthy event, you know, like you yeah. just get to it and you just feel so defeated and like making zero headway on it. So I suspect, I don't know this for a fact, but I suspect that these developers are probably really, really good at their own game. And I think that maybe they tune the difficulty a little bit too high because that boss Dude, was like, holy shit. How many times have we heard this? How many times have you and I said these words out loud on a podcast? It's just, many. it's, it's continual. I know friends who are at work at companies, you know, that, and, and it's just, sometimes it's like forgivable because they're like so engrossed in their game. Right. Like they, that's all they're seeing. Right. But they need uh, QA. You need outside eyes on your game. And that's the number one reason. Because then you start being like, well, it's not. We've already beat this yeah. level 12 times, yeah. you know? Um, and it's so crazy because it looks so great. And all the other things you said about it seem so cool. But that, like, makes me, like, it's like kryptonite, you know? I'm standing way far away from this game now from that it's, idea. You know, it's a shame, dude, because, like, as I was as I was going through it, when I was succeeding in terms of, like, when I was getting to a new place or when I found a power-up or when I finished a section that I felt like uh, – satisfied after beating it. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is great. And in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, like this is, I'm seeing so many cool ideas and so many cool theming things going on here. And like the concept of what they're doing, I can see the meta concept of what they're doing. And I feel like it's awesome. So good. Right. But then I get to the combat and specifically like this boss and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is, I can't, I just, I can't man. Like this is crazy. So it cooled me off like a fire hose and it's a bummer because I feel like this game is really worth talking about. I feel like it's really worth looking at. What I hope is that um, it's currently under embargo. It doesn't drop until tomorrow. Tomorrow yep. comes out tomorrow. So I'm hoping that the response to this game will be positive. I hope that people will see what I see in this game. But I also hope that the developers will just dial the difficulty back. Like if I if they if if I got to that boss and I was able to beat him after like maybe 10, 15, 20 tries, fair. But like the way that it feels right now feels like I got kicked in the face and it's not a good yeah. feeling. So I hope that they don't continue with this. Players just got to be good. You got to up your game, son. You got to get good. Like, I hope they're not doing that. Right. I hope they will be like, oops, sorry. Dial the difficulty back. If they dial the difficulty back, I'm back in this like in a heartbeat, dude. I, I want to play this, man. It's really good. But I don't want to play this if every boss is going to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a story as old as time. Because we've said it so many times that it is as old as this podcast, for sure. Basically, basically. So anyway, I I really want to just really emphasize, I think there's a lot of very awesome things happening. Cool ideas. I think this game is like 85% super awesome. But that last 15% with the bosses needs like some real work. I mean, either that or I guess I guess I'm a noob. I guess I can't play these You're skill not. games. It's I guess so, I am. I don't know. On. We should do a good. whole episode about just call it get good and just talk about that again. I'm a, actually, no, we shouldn't because I'm tar- I'm over it. Yeah, kind of. But anyway, that is recompile comes out tomorrow. I feel like it should be on everybody's radar. If you like artistic games, if you like different games, if you like to see people doing something new, just be prepared that I feel like there's a difficulty spike that needs to be filed down. But definitely at least take a look at it. It is definitely worth a look. Cool. All right, there we go. That is the show. Oh, one thing. Yep, one and I have thing. one thing too. Go ahead. All right, what's your you, you, your thing first? I just saw this uh, earlier today. I forgot to mention it, and I just want to tell everybody to put it on the radar because if you never played the original, go back and play the original. But it just got announced today that Rollers of the Realm 
Reunion, yes, which is the second game is coming out not till 2022, but that game is so fucking cool. I think it was PS3. I want to say been a while. It could have been PS3. Yeah, and it was basically one of the best because we played them all. You, you and I on this podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. One of the best pinball games that also have you killing monster monsters and doing like RPG stuff. Um, we played one recently, at the end of last year, I think, that we almost liked. Remember, with like, wasn't it dancing late lizard ladies and stuff? Was oh it? God, yes, it yeah. was. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It looked like, like, it, like but, Devil's Crush almost. Devil's Crush, but then we had problems with it or something. Yeah. But this is it's perfect. Like I, I remember you played it, right? Oh yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I yeah. Loved it. It's like simple. You have a little dog, and for some reason, you like suspend uh, disbelief. How you say that? So yeah, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You got and it. then you like your dog is a pinball ball, you know, and like does dog attacks. But it's just so cool because you meet characters and they like basically become balls that help you in the mission. But then you like level up your weapons and talk to people and have dialogue. Anyway, it's a cool mashup. It's a very cool mashup. Such a cool mashup. Go back and play the original if you haven't played it. Rollers of the Realm. So excited that reunion's coming up. Absolutely. Yeah, I just saw that today as well. So good call on that. Uh, last thing before we go, I want to give a shout out to Elio Campitelli, super fan Elio Campitelli, who listened to our original cut of the show uh, last episode, where we wanted, we I guess we were surprised that anybody ever listens to the end of the show, and we said, if oh, you're still listening, yeah, someone listen. please tweet us. We ended up cutting that portion off for reasons I'm not going to get into now, uh, and we put up an edited version of the show, but he got in early. He listened to the OG cut. The raw cut of that show. Whoa. He listened all the way to the end because he's a super fan. And he tweeted us and he's like, who doesn't listen to the entire show? Well, I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe some people do. Maybe some people don't. Wow. But I know that Elio does. So thank you very much, Elio Campitelli. Very much appreciated that you sent us that message. We know you are a super fan to the core and we love you, man. So thank you very much for that message. Super appreciated. You win a prize and the prize is gratitude. The pri- <laughs> endless gratitude. Yeah, that's it. Because no, no actual money or anything. Come on. Uh, that price sucks. Elio, if you're listening to this, uh, just tweet me, direct message me, and I'll hook you up with some free games. You deserve something. Nice. Uh, so for real, that is an actual for real offer. When you hear this, direct message me. Uh, you got free. Yeah, because he's listening to the end. Because he listens to he's the He's got to listen to the end. He's going to get it, right? He's going to totally catch this. For real. Not a joke. DM me and we'll hook it up. Okay, well, cool. Wait, wait. Should uh, we do it again? But no, do it it's right just going to be Elio again because this is going to be him. He's going oh, to sleep in be... every week. Well, he said more than one person listens to the end. I know, but we only got the one message from him. All right. Okay. Anyways, this is anyway, this episode. All right. Uh, folks, we got shirts. Designedbyhumans.com slash shop slash so video games slash 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 slash. That's it. No, I think that's just it. That's it. Uh, so check those out. I'm actually literally wearing my SVG shirt right now, wearing it with pride, I will say. Take a picture and put it on the internet. Send us a picture of you wearing our shirt, and we will love you forever. And other than that, uh, that's going to do it for the show. As always, send us your questions and comments, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at sovideogames. Also, you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? You know what? I'm kind of blowing up on TikTok a little oh, bit. Oh, snap. What's going on? Uh, so check me out on TikTok. TikTok, uh, the name is A Lot of Things Comedy. And uh, right. go check out the the hot video where I say, what happens if Starbucks sold pizza? And hey. I don't know, for some reason, a lot of people like that one. So 
I mean, it out. would be sh- it would be shitty overpriced pizza, is what it. Would no, be. the the joke is that it's complicated orders. You know, like uh, oh, I'll have an irregular pesto with the soy crumbles and the thing, and this make it skinny. That's smart. That sounds very. Thanks. Funny. I should go watch that skin. It did okay. pretty well. It did pretty well. That sounds good. Gotcha. Okay. Go uh, check out Carlos on TikTok. As for me, same as usual. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. My name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 246. Thank you again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Carlos. That's it.